Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. Last week, um, we spent the whole sermon talking about a very difficult subject to preach about. It may be hard to hear, it's even harder to preach, and we talked about next level giving uh, when it comes to our finances, and about giving, uh, not, not giving to me or giving to the church, really, but really ultimately just giving giving out, not holding it all in. We talked about the importance about what the Bible teaches about the money that God has placed in our possession. We talked about how the Bible teaches that although the money we acquire is most often used to provide for our families um, and so on, that that is not the sole purpose of our money. That the purpose of our finances that God puts into our possession is to give to others in need and then by faith trusting God to provide for our families. And I've seen that in my own life, how God has provided Provided for us. Doesn't mean I take every last cent of my paycheck and give it uh, to the local homeless shelter, but it means I have a heart of giving, willing to trust in God and to follow the Spirit's leading in giving to others, not being stingy with it, and then trusting God to take care of me. And He always, always has. And, and, and at the end of that was really just asking God to give us grace and wisdom as we strive to obey His call with our money. And that was last week's message on next level giving. And today, we're going to spend some more time talking about next level giving, but not uh, about money, not about the giving of our money. The truth is, church, if we decide to willingly give what I'm talking about today, then by default we will give our money. It won't be like this struggle. If we, what I'm talking about today, the message today, if we willingly give what I'm talking about today, then giving our money won't be an issue. Romans chapter 12, in verse 1, Paul says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, by the way, before I jump into the message, I also wanted to mention, we did, we know that many of you like to take notes in service, and we kind of tried something new this morning, giving out a little activities uh, uh, sheet with kind of upcoming things coming up, and also on the back, a whole spot for sermon notes. I would encourage you to take notes. If you're not someone that has like a photographic memory, I'm the kind of guy that does not. If I don't take notes, I'm literally going to forget. I barely remember what I preached last week. Um, so I would encourage you to take notes. So we're going to try to give you some quotes and some scriptures that you can write down, that you can remember and look back on. We just read what the scripture said. Paul said, I beseech you, present your bodies a living sacrifice, giving of yourself. I'm going to say this. You'll never engage in Christ-like giving of your finances until you engage in the humble giving of your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Think about that. You'll never engage, you'll never be a Christ-like giver of the money that you have until you decide in your heart, I'm giving my heart to Christ and my life. Not just, yes, for salvation, number one, but I'm giving him my heart and my life to do with what he wants. 
I'm following Him. If you give your heart and life to Christ, it becomes a whole lot easier to give anything else. Your time, your finances, fill in the blank. I have the privilege of being a father of four. I talk about it a lot. I remember Donald when he was a little bit younger, the struggles that he had when it came to just splitting a donut with his brothers. The challenge, Donald split that half with his brothers, and just the look of disgust on his face. How dare you ask me to share this donut with my brother? I think of Charlie, even now, loves playing the video games. He loves, he's really good. He's actually extremely good at like Madden, and he, he just beat his uncle in two different games last Sunday badly to where Joel was just like, all right, we got to get going, get the kids ready, we're out of here. He was ready to be done. But when you want him to share, like, hey, let's take a break off that, and let's do this. I mean, you can tell, you can see it in his eyes. He's just kind of like, oh. Brady, when Brady was young, when Brady was young um, a couple years ago, he's young now, but I mean younger. Whenever uh, the family would be over and he'd have to get ready for bed, um, he would just not really want to talk to anybody. He'd be like, all right, Brady, say goodbye to everybody. And he'd be like, he'd be like How, why would you ask me to do that? I want to go to bed. And, and he just didn't want to. Their tiny little immature childlike hearts, even as children, they're filled with selfishness and sin. And so is yours. And so is mine. We are selfish people by nature that's not listen i'm just speaking for all of us this morning a righteous act done in the wrong spirit shows our constant struggle with self-righteousness and selfishness many of us will take our offering and put it in the in the box with a little bit of like oh. many of us will do a good deed but kind of with a little bit of an agenda listen a a righteous act done in the wrong spirit shows our constant struggle with self-righteousness and selfishness. But a righteous act done in the right spirit, led by God's Holy Spirit, brightly shines the grace of Jesus Christ flowing through our lives. The story in Luke chapter 15 of the prodigal son that takes the, his inheritance early and leaves and spends it all. And we know that story. And then he says he's in the pig pen with no money, no friends, no nothing, and realizes, what have I done? He says he came to himself. He says, I need to go back and just be my father's servant. And we know the story. of He, he, run, he, he goes back home with his whole speech ready to give his father that I'm sorry, I messed up, I, I shouldn't have done that. I'll just be your servant. I'm not worthy to be your son anymore. And before he can even get to that, his father sees him afar off and runs out to him and throws his arms around him and kisses him and says, my son is home. Let's have a party. Let's do this. And he's so excited. And that's a beautiful story of the grace of God. I love the story of the prodigal son. And a section of that story is often forgotten as the end of the chapter. You see, it's not just this father and this prodigal son in this story. No, Jesus is actually telling this story to a group of Pharisees, a group of the religious elite, those who thought they were better than everybody else. And at the end of the story of the prodigal son, the older brother is mentioned. The older brother of the prodigal son. This is the picture of the wrong kind of life giving. He finds out that his brother has returned and that there's a party. A servant comes to him and says, hey, your brother's back. They killed the fatted calf. They put on the finest robe. They gave him the ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. They're all having a party. They're dancing. They're, they're having a blast. Your brother's back home. And let's see how this older brother reacts. He was angry, the scriptures say. He was angry and would not go into the party. 
Therefore came his father out and entreated him. His dad comes out and says, what's going on? And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid, a, 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 a killed the fatted calf, that, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. This brother, this older brother is just like, I've served you my whole life. I've never sinned against you. I've always done what I was told. And you never gave me a party. You never killed the fatted calf for me. You never gave me the robe. And this thy son, you notice he doesn't even say my brother. This thy son has spent his money on harlots and on prostitutes and wasted his money. And, and you give him everything. Look at his words. Look at his heart. His rant is summarized in five angry words. Look, what, look at what I did. I always obeyed. I never disobeyed. Where's my party? Where's my feast? Your son has defiled your name. And you reward him? And we listen to this older brother speak, and we can't help but think, like, what a jerk this guy is. His brother's back alive. They probably thought he was dead. And he's just, he's a jerk about it. But the truth is, church, that's us more often than not. That's us. A trial comes into our lives. A friend, or, or, or maybe not a friend, receives some kind of blessing. Our lives feel stale, maybe. We can't seem to move forward. Our kids make a, a poor choice after we raise them right. Maybe a parent isn't there for us when we need them. Maybe a friend betrays us. Maybe a job is lost, or a car is totaled, or a vacation is canceled. And it's just like, why me, God? I'm serving you, I've given you my life, and this is how you repay me? The reality of these thoughts, and of that mindset that we so often carry, is unfortunately this. And I'll speak for myself this morning, and maybe you can relate. I haven't given my life to God. I've not made myself a living sacrifice. What I've done is, I've kept my life for myself. I make my own decisions. I do the things that I want. And it's not even that I deliberately disobey God. Like, I'm not doing what you want me to do. I just don't try that hard to listen to his voice. Because we think life is easier that way. We think, church, that we are better off in our comfort zones than in a place where God really wants to use us. We live in comfort zone culture. We're part of it. We firmly believe that it is safer to be in a spot where everything makes perfect sense instead of walking by faith into the mysterious, often unknown will of God. We practice a set of religious guidelines once a day or once a week, and we call that presenting our bodies a living sacrifice. We're missing the point. We're missing the point of next level giving. Weekly tithing and giving to offerings is not giving your life. Consistent church attendance ultimately is not giving your life. Reading three chapters a day of the Bible is not giving your life. Praying for 15 minutes, passing out 100 gospel invitations, making your kids watch only Veggie Tales. Listen, all those things, that's not ultimately presenting your bodies a living sacrifice. On and on the list could go. 
And by the way, none of those things, none of those things in and of themselves are wrong. In fact, all of them are very good things, things that we should be doing. But none of those things in and of themselves, and even all of those things done consistently together, do not equal out to giving your life to God and presenting your body a living sacrifice. Those are good religious practices that really we should be doing. But that doesn't equal out to presenting your body a living sacrifice. We're talking about next level giving. Look at the scriptures again in Romans 12. Paul starts by saying, I beseech. Beseech means to call alongside to help. He's, like, he, he, he's calling out to them by the mercies of God. And he's saying this is the reason why. That you, that's why, because of the mercy of God in your life, Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. A living sacrifice. Think about that. A living sacrifice. Sacrifices in the Old Testament, you kill an animal, a lamb or goat, whatever, for sin offerings, for blood, all these different things. Something has to die for sacrifice. And a living sacrifice is us dying to self, devoted to Him. Like it says in John, He must increase and I must decrease. It's more about what he wants. It's more about what he calls me to do. Not about me and my comfort zone. My heart is yours. My mind is yours. My thoughts reflect you. My choices include you. My actions show you. And when it says reasonable service, reasonable here means the most sensible thing that you can do. After all that God has done, what else could I do but give my life to him? That's the heart. After all that God has done for me, after all I've seen him do in my life, after all the miracles, after all the answered prayers, beyond all that, saving my soul from hell, after all he's done for me, what else could I do but give him everything? Reasonable, the most sensible thing you can do to daily live in the light of his love and be led by the glory of his grace. It's not just church. It's not just a checklist of all the righteous things that I can do to make God happy. It's not what it's about. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory, as the scriptures say. And yes, it will probably include all those religious things that we talked about, but our heart behind it is where the true sacrifice lies. It's, it goes way beyond just doing those things. Anybody can do those things. A lost person can read the Bible for an hour a day. Someone that doesn't know Jesus can give to the church. You see what I mean? It's about the heart behind it. You know what a living sacrifice looks like to me? I always think about my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, Joel and Cheyenne, living in a very comfortable spot in Indiana, out of, out of college, with good jobs, with a nice apartment, and being willing to say, when I called him and we were talking, and he said, man, maybe we should, I think we should start a church on the Cape, and me being like, I've been thinking about that, and I knew that I was going to be traveling and going on deputation and getting support, and Joel and Shane, you know what they did? They just moved out here. They just moved out here by faith. They just, they just uprooted this beautiful little life that they had in Indiana where his friends were, and I know his family was here, and I know that was a, obviously a blessing, but think about that. From Indiana to Cape Cod, a little bit of different price range there, guys, for real. And they, by faith, left that comfortable, and we saw God bless them. 
to move to an area, like triple the cost of living to help plant a church. And we see God provide. We've seen God provide for them. But that to me is a living sacrifice. I see it in the, the missionary that leaves everything to move to a third world country to preach Jesus to villages, trusting God for safety and protection. I see it in the young adult, unsure of what their next steps are in life but choosing to rely on Jesus for guidance, stepping out in faith to serve where they're needed most, that to me is a living sacrifice. Listen, as a family, we had a, a stable position in ministry. We had a full-time job in youth ministry in Michigan with a, with a parsonage, with a house that was already paid for. We didn't have to pay anything for it. And we traveled the country uh, to different churches every week for like a year with, with our four boys. They were much younger and, and obviously our son Seth with autism and, and it was a lot. And still, I often fail so much in my faith, but we're doing our best by God's infinite grace in us to continually and daily present our bodies a living sacrifice to give our lives, to give our marriage, our children, our family our, to God by faith. God, whatever you want to do, Listen, do I doubt it sometimes? Do I struggle with doubt? Do I struggle with faith? Yes, I think we all do. But I'm trying by the grace of God. We are trying, uh, Marissa and I, husband and wife, to, to just, God, whatever you want. We're willing to do it because we know that you know best. So what keeps us from giving all to Jesus? What keeps us from giving it all? What keeps us, what hinders us from stepping out in faith, giving our life, giving our time, giving our resources, giving our money, our heart, giving our everything to God. What stops us from that? And I got two things. The first one is this, misguided focus. Misguided focus. In Romans 12, after we talk about the reasonable service, giving yourselves a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, verse 2 says, and be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. When we take our eyes off of the creator and place them on the creation, which is everything down here, we cannot be a living sacrifice for God. Paul here in this passage was challenging and really pleading, passionately pleading with the readers to keep their hearts focused on God and not just to play church and get caught up with the cares of their present age. We can all, people have used that scripture to say, we shouldn't look like the world. And it's, that's, that's not what it's saying. The time here in, in, in Paul's day, the New Testament, many of the Christians, they had the same mindset as the, the people there, that culture there, the present age that they were in with idolatry and things like that. And he was saying, no, no, don't, don't think like that. Listen, focus on Jesus and let him guide you. The Word of God and the promises of God are timeless truths that must be practiced and lived out daily, whether you lived in Paul's day or in 2023. And how can we do that? How can we consistently live a life that reflects God and His character? How can we do that? How can we be not conformed to this world and think and, and live and have the priorities of the world? How can we not be conformed? The second part of the verse says this in Romans 12, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word transformed here in the Greek, which the New Testament was written in, is where we get our word metamorphosis, which is a change. A change happens in us. Listen, it's not exclusively about an outward change. 
Listen, I wore a suit and tie every single Sunday for years of my life. And I looked like a good Christian. I looked, but I had a nice comb over, hard part. I looked the part, man. I could say the right things. And I struggled with addictions. And my heart was not in the right place. And I was not a good husband. And I was not the best father I could be. But I looked great. And everybody that saw me thought I was great and thought I had it all together. It's not about outward change. Although, yes, I do believe when there's inward change, you do see it on the countenance and on attitude and on that outward part of you. But true change begins in the heart. Genuine inward change leads to genuine outward change. The Pharisees had a lot of things they did outwardly. The religious elite, man, they looked great. They followed every little rule that they had made up. But Jesus said that their hearts were far from him. It's a transform. It's a renewing of the mind. It's a change of thinking about your life. A change of thinking about your situation. A change of thinking about this fallen world and your broken soul. That will come from reading, believing, and living the Word of God. That's what it comes from. A renewing of the mind. It's changing the way we look at things. It's changing the way we view our lives, our trials, everything. The way we view people. It's a renewing of the mind. A renewed mind is, on, is, uh, uh, is, is one that is saturated and controlled by the word of God. And it finishes, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In verse 1, we said that. Present your bodies living sacrifice. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The ultimate reason for a changed heart a renewed mind, a life given completely to God is not so that we can feel good about ourselves. We don't do, we, listen, it's not about us. The reason for the grace-filled change in us is so that we can do the will of God. The reason for the grace-filled change in us, the renewing of the mind, being transformed by the grace of God, changing our way of thinking, changing our way of seeing people and seeing the world. The, the reason for that change in us is so that we can do the will of God. But often our focus is misguided. Our focus is on everything else. We're not focused on the Creator and His will for us, but we're focused on everything around us going on. And I understand there's a lot going on in our lives. But it's misguided focus. And what else? The last one here. Why else do we, what else hinders us from giving all? Self-righteous judgment hinders us from giving, from presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, from giving all to him. In verse 3 of chapter 12, we see Paul say, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Paul is saying here in, in verse number three, he is challenging the Romans here to abolish pride and self-righteousness in their lives in order to present themselves a living sacrifice. To get rid of pride and self-righteousness. Don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought to think, he says. And doesn't it always seem to come back to this? When you think your life belongs to you, 
when you think that you have filled that bank account, that savings account, when you think that your possessions are a product only of your sheer grit and determination, when you take credit for the good things in your life, you will live in self-deceptive pride. You will view situations and people with self-righteous eyes. Oh my goodness, do I so often live there. And it's only the painful grace of God that rips me out of that that self-righteousness. You cannot give your life to God in pride when you live in pride. You love yourself too much. You think too highly of yourself. I love myself too much. I, 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 I think I'm better than I actually am. It is only when you trace the blessings of your life, each and every single one of them, from the greatest one of a family or a spouse to the smallest one of, of finding your keys when you lose them. It's tracing every blessing back to God. Every good and every perfect gift cometh from above, from the Father. When you think that way, when you trace all the blessings of your life back to God, you will finally start to live in humble faith. And that is a life that God can use. You won't trace your blessings back to God when you live in pride. You just won't. God in His grace gives us access to the humility of his son, Jesus Christ, through the cross. I'm crucified with Christ, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. We're predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. We have access by Jesus Christ and the gospel to tap into that humility of Jesus Christ. We can live humble lives, but not because we're great, but because of Jesus and his grace. We can live lives of humble faith, but only because of the blood of Jesus that we are washed in. So I'm challenging you this morning, church. Talk about next level giving. Take the plunge. Look deep inside your heart. Oof. We don't want to do this, but we need to. Look deep inside your heart with eyes of brutal honesty. Be willing to admit this morning that God doesn't have, doesn't have or has never had all of you. All of you. Now, no matter how many altars that you've knelt at or how many tears you've shed, we have to be willing to admit that he doesn't have everything sometimes. That includes me. Sometimes I hold on to things I don't need to hold on to. Sometimes I borrow trouble that I don't need to borrow. And, and listen, this is a daily, this isn't just a one-time, God, I give my life to you, and then the rest of my life. No, no, it's, it's a daily, <laughs> present yourself a living sacrifice. It's a daily decision. When you look back over the last year, the last month, the last week, or even the last hour, we will more than likely see moments of pride and self-righteousness. Even today, even this morning. Because of our fickle and selfish hearts. But can I remind you that there's no need to be discouraged about that because God gives grace to those who need it and that's every single one of us. He gives grace. He forgives. Just going through the motions is not a living sacrifice. It compares kind of to a child who grows up surrounded by wealth and blessings and then chooses to live in the backyard. Still on the property, still part of the family, still loved, but missing out on the benefits of being close to the father. 
or of doing what the Father asks, of listening to the Father's wisdom. Man, you have all these blessings right at your fingertips, and yet the kid still chooses to live in the backyard in a tent, when if he just, if he just got close to the Father and went back inside and said, listen, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your advice. I want to be close to you. I'll do what you ask me to do. And you get to, you get to engage in all those, those blessings of following him, of next-level giving. So this morning, church, ask God if he has all of you. Ask God if he has all of you. Ask God if he has every part of you. If he has your heart. If he has your time. Ask God to show you what steps of faith that he wants you to take. And I'll challenge you to this too, church. Commit to daily surrender yourself in the mundane of life. Because it's very easy. It's very easy with the regular parts of life, work, and this, and home, and sh- to just kind of go through the motions and not really think about God at all. Commit yourself to daily surrender, even in the mundane. Because like I've said a hundred times, our lives are not made up by a handful of huge, earth-shattering moments. It's not what our lives are made up of. Our lives are made up of thousands of little moments. Thousands of little moments. And in those moments where you're tempted to be self-righteous, where you're tempted to be prideful, where you're tempted to be anxious and not trust God, in those little moments, in those little moments, present yourself a living sacrifice. Give your heart, give your life, give your all to God. Give it to Him. Practice really this, a deeper way of next level giving. Thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church Podcast. We hope the message was an encouragement to your heart. Please connect with us through our website, coastlinecc.org, or on Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. You can find our address on our website, and our services start at 10 a.m. Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.